0: When you realize that I can't keep this all in, just think about that loved one. Your loved one will never want to see you sad or, um, or lonely or that the person you love wants to see you happy. So when you think about that, you start, you, start, you start looking for ways to, to offload and to live your life. You're listening to Life After Losing Mom with me, Kat Bonner. On this podcast,
1: you'll hear from other women who have lost their mom and discovered the exact coping strategies you need to get through the day and be in the best place you've ever been. Don't miss another episode of Life After Losing Mom. Subscribe today. More information can be found at catbonner.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a group of like-minded women, head to Facebook and search for the Life After Losing Mom community.
0: So um, I lost my mother when I was ten years old. So it's been um, sixteen years now, and she and my father died in a car accident on the same day. So um, yeah, I think that was when my life actually started. Um, when when things went left and really left, because I mean you can imagine you're left all alone. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been tough though i'm in a great place right now but um losing my mother and my father was probably the hardest thing that um i ever went through and it sort of made me the person that i am today
1: yeah absolutely i mean I've lost my mom and I know how hard that was, but I can't even imagine. Bless your heart. I am so sorry for your loss, your mom and your dad on the same day as a 10 year old. Like, dang, I thought 18 was young, but that probably just rocked your world for sure. Um, Thank you for sharing. So let's see. um, Were you an only child? Like what, you know, happened like, I guess immediately in, the aftermath, like who did you live with, that sort of thing?
0: Well, um, I have two sisters. I'm a middle child. And um, like right after my parents died, um, I, there was an uncle. So my mother's younger brother who came to live with us um, in our home. And um that was for about two years. there were cousins, older cousins um who came in and out to sort of like take care of us because my younger sister was really young she was six years old um but yeah, for two years, it was my uncle and a few cousins who came in and out of our lives um but then, when I was twelve years old, um that's when things went from bad to worse because um my parents were from from the Congo, and we were sent back there well, just me and my younger sister my Older sister had a whole whole nother struggle of her own. So we went to live in Congo with my um, my extended family. And that's where we were beaten. We were abused. We were starved. Um, I started working from the age of 12 years old just to put us through school. Um, I remember going days without anything to eat. And not because my family was poor or anything, but because for some other reason they didn't didn't love us i guess um imagine living in a in a really big house where there's a chef there's um there there there, there's a chef there's a driver there are vehicles there's everything but you're not allowed to have any food any water um it was really terrible um yeah it's such a long story but when i was 18 i took my younger sister and literally walked out the door and never looked back um and a whole new struggle started. We were homeless for a while again, with nothing to eat. It was just—it was terrible. I—I I, I can't begin to explain how terrible my childhood was. But um, yeah, so that's uh, sort of how I grew up, in a nutshell.
1: Wow, bless your heart. I, yeah. Well, I am glad. The person that's coming to my mind is—I'm glad that you're not an only child because that is literally just unfathomable. Um, But yeah, so how was it like, were you close to your parents? Like how was like your family dynamic growing up, even with, you know, your siblings?
0: Oh my goodness. I think we were a fairytale family. Um, everything I remember was just, was just perfection. I know nothing's perfect, but it was just, there was never a dull moment. My parents were so involved, so loving. Um, just as a parent now, because I have um, a daughter now, a little baby, and um, I, I I, just can't, I think about the way my parents loved me, and I try to imitate that because it was just so warm. Like There wasn't a single moment that I felt unsafe, that I felt unloved. Um, there were they were probably the best parents and I'm a little biased, of course, but, um, it was awesome with my sisters, everything was really great. So losing them was an extreme, extremely traumatic um, event for us um, because we were used to that um, family unity that, that, um, love you know spending long evenings together I remember watching cartoons with my father I remember um reading books with my mother um she was, a, she, was she loved reading and I got my love for reading from for reading from her and I remember my mother um teaching me I don't know like lady-like things I don't know she was really she was really dainty and she would dress us in like all the same like we, we were years apart but like she enjoyed she enjoyed having her daughters and um so, yeah, losing her, I think, was probably the biggest shock because, uh, yeah, she was out everything. She was literally our everything.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Like, I'm not very familiar with, you know, the culture in that part of the world, but if it's anything like I'm thinking, it's very much so, you know, the woman is, you know, a lot like the caretaker um, and I mean, I'm sure it was different for you losing your dad than it was losing your mom. Yeah. But especially in a mother-daughter relationship where the mother is the caretaker, and, you know, regardless if she has a job or not, I think that's what makes it so, like, impactful Yeah. Especially. as, a like, a daughter or a child. And, like, I know it sounds cliche, but, like, like you were in your mother's womb, like, you know, like it's like actually like, and I'm not saying you can have more than one dad. That's going to sound terrible, but like you literally only have one mom. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I guess that's just the way that I look at it. Um, so where did like, how did your siblings like react? Did they, you know they were you said you're the middle so um was one like predominantly older than you or you know like did y'all support each other after your parents passed like how was that dynamic specifically
0: um it was it was odd i mean death can do things to you um my uh the firstborn, she's five years older than me and um she went through a period of anger and solitude so she was really um Reserved. Um, I think losing losing our parents just it 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 clicked something in her mind, and she was she was really um, she just didn't want any interaction with anybody, and including um, her sisters. But weirdly enough, for my younger sister was five years who's five years younger than me, it it became sort of like a mother daughter relationship. Um, I remember at my parents' funeral. Um, so i don't know if they do this um on your in, in your side of the world but um when when someone dies we you have to there's no there's no getting around it you have to view the corpse you know so um as young as we were we had to do that and i remember staring down at my parents bodies and telling them that i'll take care of your daughter, meaning my younger sister. So I think after their death, with my older sister, she became really distant, and our relationship was sort of strained. Um, but with my younger sister, it really became mother-daughter. Um, I literally became her go-to for literally everything, and it's it's the same today. It's the same 16 years later.
1: Well, good. I'm glad that, like, I love the first thing that is like, coming to my mind once again is you're saying, hey, like, you know death changes people and it 100% does there's absolutely no doubt about that and I think I'm you know and I'm not I don't want to make assumptions but it almost seems like you know since y'all were younger when this happened that like y'all were all each other had and you know I know like I know like I think when siblings are older um and they're not like not living together and they're all doing their own things. They might not be as comforting, um. you know, yeah. when someone passes, yeah. that's just my personal uh, you know, outlook on that. But yeah, I did, they have like similar feelings about like your parents passing that you did or um, did you feel alone and how you felt like, was it comforting knowing that, they were going through the same thing you were going through.
0: I honestly think as individuals, we all processed um, the situation very differently. Um, I really didn't get the chance to speak about it with my older sister, but my older sister being so young, she was six years old when they died. Um, She had just turned six a few days before the accident. She, I mean, she understood that they'd died, but at the same time, she didn't. If I can, I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. So for her, her experience was completely different. I know that she felt alone as well. Um, um, I don't want to take anything away from her grief, but I feel like I had no shoulder because I lent her mine. But at the, on the other side, I didn't really have anyone to to turn to. She was so young, so I can offload what I was feeling onto her. Whereas she could do it with me, so um, I think each of us sort of experienced um, the whole tragedy in really, really different ways. And um, for me, um, I was telling you uh, when we were talking uh, before the interview that it was I felt completely lonely and unsafe. I felt terribly unsafe, and that's the biggest thing I struggled with. Do you
1: think like that feeling came from, like? Not having your parents there. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but there's like an old adage and people say like parents are there to keep their kids safe. And that's what's going through my mind. So is, yeah, I would love to know like where that, you know, kind of came from.
0: Well, um, yeah. So I I totally agree with you. I mean, they say that your parents are there to keep you safe. They're there to support you. They're that they're the first people that you run to when you're young, even when you're older. Um, when, when there's trouble, for me, I think um, because I was so close to my mother, um, she was literally my everything. She worked full time, but um, she she was there. Like I don't I, I don't remember a single moment feeling as though. She was not around, even though physically um, she she traveled a lot for her job, but she, we were just so, so close. And when she died, I felt like, I felt vulnerable. I felt like anybody could could harm me, whether it be physically, emotionally. And that actually happened. When she was around, I felt like everyone had sort of respect for me as a human being, though I was a kid. But when she died, I... I I felt exposed. I almost felt as if um, I'd been ripped of all my clothing and that I was standing in the snow um, with nothing to protect me. And that amplified as I grew older. You know, when you become a teenager, there are so many things that happen. Of course, aside from the changes in your body, but just mentally and psychologically, you need that person that you can run to. And for me, there was absolutely nobody. And that made me feel insecure. I, I I didn't know who to turn to for certain things. And um I think that's where that unsafety came from. The fact that she was gone and now I had I no longer had my confidants. I no longer had the person that I'd run to for everything. Now I just felt I found myself literally with with nobody. And that's where that um feeling of loneliness and unsafety came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean And there's always going to be some things, you know, that you tell your mom and that you don't tell your dad and vice versa. But I mean, at the end of the day, when especially that young, oh my goodness, like death is a big, big thing and it can literally rock your world. But when you're faced with it, it's like a double whammy at that young of an age. I mean, you know, how can you not feel that way? but I guess like my next question is, is w- at what age did you start to like find some comfort and like feel not lonely? I don't really know how to word <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Like, was there a certain age? Was there like an epiphany? Like, is it? I mean, obviously grief is ongoing, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, when things got really, really tough, I think around about the age of thirteen or fourteen years old, I I found an outlet. And for me, not bottling things up was the biggest relief. And I would write and I would write letters officially to my mother. I wrote to my father as well, but I would write to my mother. I know it sounds really weird, but I would write letters. When I at the lowest of my lows, I would write letters to her, I would ask her for advice, although obviously there was no return. But um, just letting that out, um, that was the first step for me to me not feeling as lonely as I had before. And I think the the epiphany or like that that tada moment for me was um, I think around the age of maybe 20 years old so not really long ago. Um, things were really, really tough for me. And um, I remember sort of hearing my mother's voice. And I know it's so strange, but maybe maybe you can relate. I it could have just been my, my subconscious, but I could hear her sort of comforting me. And it's at that moment that I told myself that even though she's no longer physically here with me, just thinking about her, looking back at old photographs, thinking about the way she comforted me, the way she fed me, the way she clothed me, those old memories were the were her presence in my in, in my current life. So as soon as I realized that she may be gone physically, but that love that she has for me and those beautiful memories, those never died. And I think that's the moment where I started feeling better. Although, like you said, grief is a process. It sort of never stops. But at least for me, that was the moment that I felt, I felt better. I felt better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so important to find your outlet. And people think it's weird they're like oh like you talked to your dead mom i'm like okay first of all it's not that weird yeah (laughs) because like i'm not saying if you believe she's alive she's alive because that's obviously not true but people carry on their loved one's memories however they decide to do that um and yeah it's really special to be able to do that because like you don't and i think sometimes it happens by accident you know like you start writing or you start looking through pictures or, you know, whatever you do just to remember things. Because as you grieve and as time goes on, like there's just certain things you forget. And when you like try to remember those things, you're like, oh my God, like this is so helpful. Where has this been my whole life? Like, and then, and then, you know, how it helped you and how that really fostered you're like and well not I'm foster sorry how it improved your loneliness like you almost feel them you know did that happen for you or was it just
0: kind of gradual literally like it's it's just i don't know it's just it 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 just sort of happens it's not really gradual but one day you just sort of I don't know how to explain it, but you feel you feel a strong presence. And I think, like you said, it's those memories. You're like, wow. Um, I think for so long, the, the memory that I had stuck in my mind was finding out that my parents had died. And for so long, that's the memory I carried with me. But the moment I started looking back at happier memories and how beautiful my life was with my parents and how loving my mother was, I think that was that moment that I started feeling warm inside. And it started... I mean, I think that the hole is never really filled, but I like there's a feeling of um, sort of joy. You're not happy that they've passed away, but you're happy that you got the opportunity to, to get to know them and to live with them and you got the opportunity to build a relationship with them. So I think, yeah, it's just um, it just happens, sort of. There's nothing you, you can't control it, but it, it, it really just happens.
1: Exactly. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I bet it was like accidental. And to hear you say that it was like, was like, okay, like, I'm not crazy for thinking that (laughs) it was almost accidental. But yeah, it's like crazy to see how, you know, you can improve sometimes without trying. Um, So did you like get into blogging, you know, in your 20s? Or how like, was that just a way that you coped with your loneliness?
0: Well, um, it started off by, uh, when I was 18 years old, I, I decided to write down my story and it was just for me. I just needed to like let it out because it was so heavy. And, um, my husband now back then, he was just a friend. Um, I had given it to him to read. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I just, I felt bad one day and I literally wrote down my story and he read it and he said. Um, you know, you could help a lot of people with this, um, you could help yourself feel better and you know, who knows who else you could help. And that's where it all started. Um, I started blogging, I think I was 19 or 20 years old. Um, and it just felt really good. Like I really didn't care if anybody was reading it, but it just felt good to pour my heart out, you know? Um, and that's how it all started. And I haven't stopped since I'm a lot busier now, but, um, Whenever I've got the, the time, I just it just feels so good to be able to write down my memories, or my struggles, or um, how I'm feeling on a particular day. I love Mother's Day and Father's Day. Um, it just it, it just feels good. It feels good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like you're the only one who's going through this, you know. I'm sure your blog is helping other people um and to realize that it's helping you to get it out and to help other people you know that's almost a coping mechanism so to speak um do you think that blogging still helps you not feel lonely like it's do you think it's a way that you you know maybe cope with your loneliness now
0: definitely and you know weirdly enough it's funny that you ask but the Whenever I blog, it's when I'm feeling lonely or when I'm feeling low or when I really, really miss my parents. That's the moment where I feel the most inspired. And when I'm done typing, I just feel like, you know, like oof, like a whole load has come off my shoulders. So, yeah, it's weird. It's been 16 years since my parents have passed away. But just writing about them, and I write a lot about my mother, it just... Um, it helps me with the loneliness. It helps me whenever I feel unsafe or I feel like I've got no one to run to and I write about it, um, it just offloads a huge load off my shoulders and I feel, I feel rejuvenated, I feel refreshed, and I feel warm again, if that makes sense.
1: It makes perfect sense. That's so funny that you say that because I think sometimes, you know, we don't always know the reason, like, you know, we might not know the reason why we blog or why we do X, Y, and Z. But once you do some self-reflection, it's like, wow, when I'm feeling this type of way, I blog or I do this. And like, that could literally be like for you, like you blog when you're lonely. Well, that's crazy. Like if that's the main thing that you like, you've struggled with really. And like, yeah, it just, I mean, it's, crazy how powerful you know that outlet can be and I think sometimes you know as like we get used to grieving or that sort of thing that we almost forget why we do certain things um so it's definitely important to like do some self-reflection and realize like I'm doing this but the fact that you know that like you blog when you're lonely is it's so crazy like how does that make you feel like does it make you feel unlonely that you blog when you're lonely? I don't know if that made any sense, but <laughs> does it still like make you feel alone? Like,
0: yeah. Do you got what I'm asking? I get it. Yeah. Um. I think for me, every time I blog, this is going to sound really weird, but I guess this is how my mind and my heart processes things. Every time I blog, it's almost as if I'm telling my parents the story, like I'm telling them this is how I'm feeling or this is what I'm going through. It's sort of like, how do I explain this? <laughs> it's so strange. It, 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 Whenever I'm writing, I sort of feel their presence. Um, And I guess that's why subconsciously when I'm feeling really like bad and really, really lonely, and I grab my computer and I start writing, it feels like they're there. It feels like I'm telling them a story. It feels like I'm a kid again, running to my mom, mom, you know, this is what happened, this I'm feeling. That's sort of like, that's sort of what writing does for me. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but yeah, that's how it, it, it takes the loneliness and it, it it turns it into, into warmth somehow.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Um, It's just kind of like your writing just manifested as you began to grieve in a sense and like um you know that's how you started to cope with your loneliness when you were younger like you would write your mom letters and then that turned into blogs so do you think that maybe like as you continue to grieve and get older that it might turn into like a book or a journal or anything like that like do you see your writing manifesting in a certain way
0: definitely most definitely i'm actually working on a book right now um because you know becoming a mother myself i had my daughter last year um it's it made me really miss my mom because um i think anyone who's 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 had a kid knows that um you sort of like even if you've fallen out with your mother but once you've got a kid you sort of feel like you really need your mom like um and i was Aside from my husband, of course, I felt alone. Like I, I didn't know who to go to for advice. And that sort of clicked in my mind. And I decided to document my journey, my pregnancy without my mom, basically. And um, having my daughter and just raising her and sort of document how that's happening for me without having my mother to go to for advice. So, yeah, definitely blogging has turned into journaling or, potentially you know, a book as well.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad that that wasn't crazy for thinking that. Um, do you think that, like, you'll probably always turn to writing, um, you know, as a coping mechanism from feeling lonely? Yeah. Like, is writing just your thing?
0: Well, you know, it's weird. I think people who haven't really experienced um and- you might agree with me with, the, with this. I think people who haven't really experienced that level of grief will sort of be like, well, just get over it, you know. But I think those who have, um, like yourself, you, you know that you don't really get over it. You learn to live. And you live a happy life, of course. I believe you can, and I do. But I think that there's always moments where you feel that emptiness. And because of that, because I feel like it will never completely end, I do feel like I will continue, uh, at least from now, Looking from now, I feel like I will continue writing because it really helps me. And it may be once a month, it may be once a year that I feel sad. But whenever I do and I turn to writing, it makes me feel good. So I feel like it'll be a part of my life forever.
1: I mean, exactly. Grief is never ending. So if you find a coping mechanism that works, may as well just continue doing it. I mean, it's not like you're going to stop, you know. Um, so what like advice do you have for people who, you know, are having like a specific facet of grief that they're struggling with and they're trying to figure out ways to cope? Um, yeah. What What advice would you have for them?
0: I think the biggest thing is, um, when you internalize everything and I think we all go through a phase where, We feel maybe completely alone or we feel completely um, not betrayed by life, but completely let down by life. And I think at that moment, it's really, really important to find a way to let go, to express yourself in a positive way, because when you keep everything bottled inside, I mean, it could be. I don't know, you may be like baking or um, you like doing makeup or you like running or whatever it may be. You need to find a way to to let go an outlet. Because if you keep internalizing everything, that can be really, really detrimental to you, um, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. And I think when you realize that I can't keep this all in, just think about that loved one. Your loved one will never want to see you sad or um. Or lonely, or that the person you love wants to see you happy. So when you think about that, you start you start, of, you start looking for ways to to offload and to live your life. And I think that's part of it. Just think about the person you love and remember that that person does not want to see you in a bad way. And learn to live again. Learn to smile again. Let, learn to let go. That's what I can advise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree, and I think. It's also important, too, to realize that it's very much so, like, hoping. is very much so a trial and error process, and, like, it takes a while, and, you know, what you might have liked to do before, you know, this loss might not be what you like to do now. So, like, I always say, try out a bunch of things. Like, if you used to be a writer, try writing. Like, if you're a singer, try singing. Try talking it out. I mean, eventually, the more, like, coping mechanisms that you try you will find something and i think that this world has like put this idea in our head that you the only way to like express your emotions is by writing and talking and i'm like that is so false yeah so false and it doesn't always work for people and i think that's where they really get stuck and i'm like first of all that's not true so like look up other ways, try other ways. And also be patient with yourself because it's not easy and it's not long and it breaks my heart to see people get so like frustrated at themselves like this isn't working and I'm like, "Well, you know, like you just like yeah, be patient. Do you like what do you think about that?"
0: Definitely. Um first of all, I completely agree with you cuz um it's not writing or um I don't know, um singing or those are not the only ways that you can let go. There's so many non-verbal or not physical or non, I don't know. There are so many ways that you can just, you know, um, so many outlets out there. And another thing is that you should never put, um, you should never, you should never be, you should be patient with yourself. What I'm saying is that there's no time. That you shouldn't tell yourself that after you, I should be good. Or it's been five years, what's wrong with me? Or, oh my goodness, it's been a decade and I'm still crying over this. Because you will cry. We're human beings. We're emotional beings. Um, and I think, yeah, be easy with yourself. Be. Um, it's not on the first try that you're going to feel so much better. And everybody who has made it to the next step of grieving, if that even makes sense, always has times where they feel bad and that's completely normal. And I feel like people should stop, um, should stop blaming themselves or should stop um, judging themselves for feeling bad because it's it's normal. You've lost someone you love and there's no, there's no amount of time that can, that can make that untrue if you know what I mean. So you've lost that person and that's, that's forever. So if you feel bad after 50 years of losing a certain person, it does not make you a weak person. It doesn't mean that you haven't succeeded in, in grieving positively, if that makes sense. So I think people shouldn't be so hard on themselves.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And yeah, it's just a matter of trying to figure out ways. Like it's just a matter of trying, like, trying is not easy and it's scary and it's like daunting but i mean eventually you will figure it out and when you do figure that out like what your outlet is oh my word it literally changes your life for the better and you're like oh my god there's hope in the world like i'm okay like i can do this um yeah so is there anything else that you know you want to leave with the listeners just about any grief related topic basically
0: yeah just one really last the, the last thing and it really depends on any on on a person's beliefs um but um I think the biggest thing for me that has really really helped me aside from of course finding my outlets is just the realization that that love that my mother had for me that didn't die when she died I honestly believe that love is not something that can just die when someone passes away and that's a sense of comfort. So I think when you remember, when you remember that person loves you, that person loved you and you remember that their body, their body perishing doesn't take away from the fact that that person loved you. It's like a sort, a sort of comfort, at least for me. And um, just thinking about her love has been, um, has been beautiful. Just remembering that she loved me, that she nurtured me, that she cared for me—that's just been beautiful. So yeah, hold on to holding on to beautiful memories doesn't make you weak. It's actually a really, really um, positive thing in my eyes, at least. So yeah.
1: No, you're very right, and I love that you hit the nail on the head. Um, I literally could not agree more. Um, so where can the listeners find you and your blog?
0: Okay, so my blog, um, they can find me on .um, www.stellampc.com. And that's Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A-M-T-I-S-I.com. And yeah, all my social media links are on there. And yeah, my blog's there. I'm just as, I'm as raw and as honest as I can possibly be. So yeah, that's where they can find me.
1: Okay, cool. And you're you do like life coaching and grief coaching too. And they can find all that information on your website.
0: Definitely everything's on my website. And I love to chat. So, <laughs>
1: Perfect. Okay. And I will make sure I put that link um in the show notes as well. Awesome. But yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I loved getting your input. You're the first guest I've had that has lost both their mother and their father and oh my word on the same day. It's so nice to get different outlooks, obviously. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Definitely. And thank you so, so much for, help, um, for having me. Just speaking actually feels really, really good. Hey, I, I just feel really good. So thank you so much for having me on your show.
1: Hey, friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before you go, I have three favors to ask you. First, I wanted to let you know that I host a group for women where we share our day-to-day stories, challenges, and victories. If you want to come along for the ride, head to Facebook and search for Life After Losing Mom Community. Second, if you don't mind leaving me a review and telling me how I've helped you in your grief journey, I would greatly appreciate it. Finally, head to catbonnercom forward slash podcast to access previous episodes and subscribe for episodes in the future.
0: has been an OutsourceYourPodcast.com production.